Welcome back to Cinema 7. I'm your host for this episode, Mario B, and I am joined by, as always, John Kanoki. Hi again. Chris Hawk. Yo. We took a little hiatus. Uh, wasn't too long of a hiatus, I hope. And uh, we just had our 77th episode. Thor Ragnarok, guys. 77th episode. We're very excited about that. Uh, this is our 78th episode. And we're also going to be displaying our new logo with this episode. Our not new logo, but our new design for the, the podcast apps and stuff. So we're pretty excited about that, debuting that. Uh, if Make sure to uh, follow and subscribe on any podcast platform you're listening to, by the way. If you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure to rate us five stars, whatever number of stars you like. Just make sure you rate us and give us a review. Uh, some feedback would always be very helpful to us in our opinion and it, it we appreciate it uh today we're talking about justice league this is going to be our take of the biggest dc movie or should be the biggest dc movie largest blockbuster ever graced the screen it should yes it should be uh but we're, we're going to be talking about that we're going to be breaking down the movie now we're kind of pressed on time so you'll hear me talk to john first and then you'll hear me talk to uh, Chris Hawk. And also because of that, we're going to, no general thoughts, we're going to go straight into spoiler ter- territory in which this sound right here <laughs> indicates that we are going straight into spoilers because this is the main event. Welcome to the main event. So Justice League, John, I wanted to ask you, and I, pr- I might have previously did, uh, what did you think of the character introductions, the beginning of this movie, how they set things up? You and I'm going to break certain things down with you that I'm not going to break down with Hawk. Hawk's going to be a completely different, uh, different subjects. Uh, but you and I are going to talk about more backstory of your favorite DC characters and some of the lore that you know, because you're our DC guy. Uh, Chris Hawk's our Marvel guy, as we've said before. So what did you think of the way they set up the characters? You know, it, it, it's funny. I feel like uh, we've we've had this conversation really recently. Yeah, yeah me too. You know, deja vu. Like, deja vu. Like we might have messed up recording and had to re-record something. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the speed force is interrupting with our universe. Maybe it could be a bunch of boom tubes coming down. I think that's the funniest name. Boom tubes. Boom tubes. That's what they're called. Maybe it's they... just alluding to uh, Lobo. But but it's not, but it's just, I don't know, Jack Kirby, who's like, you know what we're going to call these teleporting rays? Boom tubes. <laughs> it's, it, is, it does seem very old-fashioned and like a, uh, an easy way to name it, can I you, guess. Can you like picture when they, like that, all the apocalypse stuff first came out back then? It's like, oh my god, boom tubes? <laughs> boom tubes? Like, that'd boom be, tubes. That'd be something, but anyway, int- introductions. Um... I mean, I've, I've said this before on a previous podcast, I think, when I was talking about how DC didn't have the uh, opportunity to do what Marvel did and set up everybody with their own movies. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they wanted to be different and, you know, just uh, intro everybody in one movie and then branch out because they didn't want to be accused of copying Marvel. But 
I think you really feel it in the beginning of this movie that they needed to do that, regardless of what other people were going to criticize them for doing. Yeah, it's uh, you've said it before, too, uh, you know, about a lot of people are going to criticize it no matter what, because they're already on the Marvel train and Marvel's already done it good, I guess. Yeah, it, so. it's, people are so accustomed to the Marvel formula now that DC trying to do anything even remotely close is just going to get accused of copying because they're trying to move away from the realism that Zack Snyder was pushing on people. Thank God we're going to get into a territory where some of the movies might look similar to Marvel. Hopefully not as jokey, but you know. Yeah, um, speaking of the character introductions with the Batman thing in the beginning, I, 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 that, I, thought, I felt like that was a failed opportunity at jokey. Like it, it, I saw what they were trying to do comedy-wise with the guy tied up. I didn't, I didn't really think it was that funny. And I feel like that moment should have been a little more serious because you're kind of kicking off the movie with that. Yeah, I don't even remember it being like funny or supposed to be funny. Like that's how much I didn't even notice it. Well, I just figured it was supposed to be funny because the guy's tied up and he's hopping around following Batman, and it's like, am I supposed to laugh here? Like, is this guy is this supposed to be funny that this guy's tied up hopping around on this roof? Yeah, like in, I, in concept, I guess, I guess it is. I guess it could be. Uh, it's I don't know. It's just a way to intro Batman and let him do some cool stuff, I guess. But some of the other intros are really good um, in terms of like, well, not Aquaman, but we'll get there. Yeah. But like Wonder Woman's intro is really, really good, really well done. But uh, that's because they just, you know, had a great movie with her and it's hard to do wrong at this yeah. point, even though I do think she she falls a little flat in this movie. You do you do get a sense, though, that it's the beginning is is rushed and. For someone like me, who I know these characters, Aquaman and, and uh, Batman and Flash and Wonder Woman, I, I you know, Cyborg. 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 Do you know Cyborg? Sorry. I do know Cyborg. Not as much because I just, I, I always thought he was just the guy from the Teen Titans and, you know, he was in, I, I didn't really ever see him as a Justice League guy until, you know, recently when they put him in the Justice League. I, I, I do see it as Rush, but for me, it's not too bad because I understand who the characters are. I, I know where the characters come from. I know their backstories. So, for me, it's not that bad, but for the flow of the story, I just wish that they gave a little more time to show a little bit more, explain a little bit more for these characters, because I felt like it would have helped down the line in the movie, like, yeah. storytelling-wise. But, yeah. that's yeah. I mean, that, that's my major complaint with the beginning is it gives people the reason, to, uh, just another like reason to complain because it's too rushed. I don't know what's going on in the beginning. Is you know a complaint that a lot of people are gonna have if they don't know anything about DC, but have been following the Marvel universe. Even if they don't read comics, if you watch all the Marvel movies, it's like you know people think they read comics. It's like oh yeah, I know comic books. I've <laughs> yeah. watched all the Marvel movies, but you really don't. You miss out on a lot of it. And now it's like well, I don't know what's going on in this movie. So clearly. You know, DC's not as good as Marvel when that's not true. They both have really good strength, mm-hmm. but it's just another reason to complain. And the the fact that they had to rush the beginning to fit in with their time frame was really evident. I think. Yeah, I, I, I that's that's my biggest complaint is of this movie because I don't think the movie is bad at all whatsoever. I think the movie. No, I, I would agree. It's 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 not bad. There's there's moments in this movie where I'm just like, this is amazing. And, and I see the potential 
but for some reason i don't know which parts uh or what part in in the movie or you know if he helped edit the movie josh Whedon, i'm talking about if he helped edit the movie once it got to post-production or before it came out because of you know unfortunately uh of the the personal issue or family tragedy in Zack snyder's life but I think you can tell that Josh Whedon was trying to edit it and make it flow a little bit better because with Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, you even notice it a little bit in uh, Suicide Squad. The transitions between scenes and the editing is just, that's my biggest complaint about these DC movies is they're just, nothing flows together right. The scenes don't flow together right because of that editing editing and the transitioning. I think that's my biggest complaint here is if you would have gave a little bit of time and, and you know, maybe I don't want to say like, a, I'm not going to say like, you know, fade scenes into each other, but you know, maybe a little slower uh, transition into the next scene or something. I, I feel like you could have, this movie could have been the, it had potential to be the greatest superhero movie of all time. Justice League is a big deal. And I, I just personally editing and stuff. I, I I was very passionate about all the good scenes in this movie. I don't know. I I just felt like they needed a little more time, and this was the movie to give it more time. Yeah, and Batman vs Superman never should have been what three hours and twenty minutes, like uncut or whatever it is, yeah. almost four hours. It should have never been that long. There was no reason for that. They they put in a lot of storylines together that didn't need to be done. And then you know when they need to do it most because there's so many characters involved, they don't. It's an hour and 50 minutes. Like, what is... Avengers is, what, two hours and 30 minutes? Two hours and 20 minutes? I mean, granted, you have a lot more build-up there, but, I mean, I think people wouldn't have noticed. There's so much action, and the movie moves so fast that you would not have noticed if there was mm-hmm. another 40 to 30 minutes, whereas Batman vs Superman just dragged so long that you felt it. I didn't feel that once in this movie. I felt like it was shorter than it actually is. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. I mean, there... There's moments in certain parts during the character introductions where I was, I was really like, if they would have gave you more time here or there or there, I felt like that would have made this whole introduction a lot better. And like you said, Wonder Woman's part was the best introduction. And oh yeah, clearly by far. And Batman's, I think, would have been a lot cooler if they wouldn't have tried to do the haha. If that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, I. I think- I think I think if you had had Batman's moment be uh, what it is when he's fighting the parademons in the sewers, when he's like uh, grappling everywhere and doing a lot of martial arts, I think that'd been a way better intro to Batman because he has some cool scenes in this movie that are very Batman, you know, like all about him. Yeah, I agree. That that actually would have been uh, a really cool uh, opening to the movie. I just do you know what I'm saying? Like I just I felt like. I'm so passionate about Justice League because I love Justice League. I love the cartoon. I love Super Friends. I love Superman's one of my top five favorite superheroes. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Superman because he's, you know, he's so strong and too strong. He's overpowered. He is. Batman, you know, we grew up with Batman with all the movies and stuff. So I'm very passionate about DC doing well. And this, like I said, I don't think this movie's bad. I just think that they needed more time with certain parts, and and maybe added like a couple minutes here or there to do something. I I felt like you could have had those introductions, just uh, 
just speaking on the length um the scene where batman talks to wonder woman and they have that drink and it slows down that that's one of the better scenes just because if it it slows down and they have a real conversation i would say i'd say that their first interaction with stefan wolf is probably one of the is probably where the movie starts to pick up and there's still some spots in even during that and after that where it's it's like I didn't have time to really uh, process this situation. I, I felt like there could have been more time to understand what was going on with Steppenwolf, too. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of his stuff was cut, too. There's no explanation or anything for him, just in general. Like, you don't get anything with him. He shows up, you uh, get an explanation of why he's there. Yeah. But in terms of him, you, he's just a, a no-name villain that showed up with uh, an army. And you can see that you can clearly tell that some stuff has been cut out of that plot because there are just some scenes that don't flow that well. I mean, I I noticed it. I'm sure you did, too. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's what I'm trying to say with the whole editing and the transitioning. I definitely that's that's what I was talking about, what I meant. So, yeah. And I just wonder, because, I mean, we were talking about it. uh Joss Whedon and his reshoots. I I just wonder how much he actually did. Like people seem to think he did a lot more than he did, but just the, the way it flows suggests that Zack Snyder had a lot more to do with it. Yeah. Than would act you would actually think. I mean, do you see Joss Whedon's name in the beginning? Because I I only saw Zack Snyder's. Yeah, I, I didn't really see it in the beginning. I'm I saw it towards the end. I think in the final credits. I, I think. Almost ninety percent of the shots are Zack Snyder's, and that's why it's so hard for Joss Whedon to come in and edit it and put it together because mm-hmm. he had to cut too much. And the way Zack Snyder shoots, I mean, Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, it he has long, drawn out, like realistic conversations, and that's part yeah. of the complaints with like those movies is they're too long and almost too real for a superhero movie. This one, uh, like, I don't know, I, I. uh there, there was moments, like you said, where it does slow down, though, and he's talking to Wonder Woman, where it's, it is really good. And the moment, one of the better moments for me was the fight with Steppenwolf, but I felt like that could have had more time to it. You know what I mean? More scenes in there. And you could definitely yeah. tell they cut out a lot of scenes in the, in the tr- from the trailer. Oh, Do yeah. Th- like, a lot of the trailer wasn't even in the movie. Do you think maybe that's that the studio doing the whole extended cut to DVD again, like they did with uh, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad? I'm almost positive they're going to release one, but I I really believe that they wanted to stay under the two hour mark to attract people to come watch it because the yeah. the snooze fest that is Batman v Superman. I mean that's a long movie, and I would never watch that again anywhere. I'm just being honest. I forget why I watched it again. I think I watched it for, to watch to see what it was you, like with the extended. You watch the extra scenes. Yeah, I would never do that. I'm not even interested. I'll watch the extra scenes, but I will not rewatch the whole movie. I'll tell you what. The extra scenes don't even really do anything. Like, the, you remember when the cops go to that building in yeah. Batman v Superman? Like, the extra scene is just them talking in the car and getting the, phone, getting the call to go to the building. That's it. Yeah, and, see... It, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's that's what Zack Snyder shoots, though. It's all these realistic, necessary details that you don't re- you don't really need. Yeah, when you just need like a couple more uh, minutes of 
dialogue or or uh, a couple shots just to really explain you show us instead of even a background appearance from like a cop car or something can sometimes go a long way or you follow the cop car to the scene instead of take that out and then add it in when that scene didn't even really mean anything to begin with i don't know yeah it's it just batman v superman should have been the two-hour movie because that's the setup that should have been the setup and then Justice League is like your showcase. This is the event. This is the uh, this is the shebang. This is the the big you know. This is the big uh, fireworks show. I felt like this should have been the two hour and thirty minute movie. Yeah, I definitely agree. I I mean, I think they do a, do do a good job of uh, showcasing the heroes and what they can do, though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the movie's plot, like it's going to be a forgettable movie if if they get it together with these better ones now that. Zack Snyder's out, and they're doing a more of an individual approach to the movies. I hate to say it, and it's a shame because of uh, you know the whole situation, what happened with Zack Snyder, why he left the movie. But maybe that was the best thing that happened to the movie was Josh Whedon coming in, and who knows what it would have been like, what whatever Zack Snyder, if he would have hundred percent the whole thing. Yeah, he was already out at that point, though, wasn't he? Like, this was his last movie, and they weren't having him back. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, yeah, it is unfortunate what happened, but I do agree. I think it was more beneficial to the movie, just looking at what we got. Uh, John, do you want to touch on the Wonder Woman plot and you know, the Amazons? And, and yeah, we can... we'll also touch on the Aquaman a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so Wonder Woman, uh, I people said they saw... Uh, Hercules and Zeus in the like the flashback scene where they're explaining the war against uh, Steppenwolf. I only I only remember seeing Hercules, but then now that I think about it, I think it's Zeus because he shoots lightning. Yeah, but he he looks so much like comic book Hercules that I was like, it's got to be Hercules. But I th- I think that's really cool that they're at least giving you images because Wonder Woman, man, ha- all of her stuff involves the gods or something related to the gods, so they got to do it somehow. And that just shows me they're willing to do it. Whereas Batman vs. Superman, like pre-Justice League, I didn't think they'd ever do it. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't think they'd ever like go full god pantheon. Of course, Ares is the villain in Wonder Woman, but even then, he's not like a god presence. Yeah, before the rumors of the whole god plot, I, I thought that they there was the other rumor that they were going to say they were aliens or something. And I know that was a big issue with people. Uh, that they were going to make them aliens, and I, it probably would have been really dumb, and that's probably the more realistic approach. So I'm glad they went with the whole God thing. Yeah, and I mean, I I could pitch a really good you know, Wonder Woman sequel with Cheetah that has nothing to do with gods, and it'd be fantastic. We won't go there now, but she has some other stuff. It's just not enough to keep her going mm-hmm. without those gods. So I really like that they did that. That's probably some of her most, uh, I would say, complete story would be some of the God stuff, the newer, the newer God stuff, because, you know, the yeah, whole it, thing about her being made from clay and then her just fighting other people, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's this real... Uh, yeah, her major, her major storylines are gods and then, uh, like, Cheetah stuff, and that's, that's where she draws most of her uh, best plot lines from. So, I mean, it's got to stem from one of two places, really. I mean, there's some other stuff in there, like some hidden gems, but those have to happen. And, I mean, the Amazons, they're always cool, you know? 
they're, they're doing their own thing on their island, so that's pretty neat. How how do you feel about the uh, the outfits of the Amazon? I know that was a big controversy. I didn't think anything was wrong with them personally. I mean, I don't I don't see the big deal. You know what I kind of saw it as? Uh, I mean, yeah, I I will say that there's a lot being shown in the costumes compared to uh, the other the Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. But how, you know, this is how many years after World War One? I? I mean, the can't their society advance too? Maybe. Maybe that's their training gear, and this just happened while they were training, or something. Yeah, I, I think there's it's such a little, a little plot point, and there's so little we know about the actual scene to explain anything. I don't, I don't see it as impactful, but I, I see why people are upset about it, and I, I would say they're justified. I mean, yeah, I'll be I honest. Mean, I think, I think Wonder Woman was a, a bit sexualized, the sewer scenes, which uh, kind of made me mad. Yeah, there was a lot of like even in the. Uh... There's a lot of upskirt shots, and there was a lot of behind shots, and yeah, I mean, like the the upskirt thing, you can't you can't avoid sometimes if you're at a certain angle and they're on the wall. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It it lingered there too long sometimes. Yeah, especially when she was going to meet Cyborg, which I thought that was a little rushed too. Uh, when there's the whole cam on the back of her butt, and it's like, okay. Yeah, it was it was just a little odd. I mean, I think they'll take you know the criticisms and fix that with the the next ensemble movie she's in because it won't happen in a uh, a Patty Jenkins movie, which is you know thank goodness for Patty Jenkins. Yeah, but I mean overall, I I like Wonder Woman. I do think she you know fell a little flat in this movie, but that's just because she takes a back burner to you know Batman and Superman. Yeah, Aquaman. Do you want to touch on Aquaman's introduction and and his whole? Uh... Yeah, and before before we get there, I just want to say that I support the Wonder Woman Batman romance way more than Superman and Wonder Woman. Oh, me too. It's it's but, so Justice League cartoon. But Batman belongs with Catwoman. I'm tired. I I I don't know why everyone likes that, but I I for some reason I hate the Catwoman Batman romance. I get the infatuation, but it it's just. Uh... I don't know. I just think it should be a tease all the time. I don't know if they should actually be together. Well, I mean, they almost never are actually together unless it's like Earth 2 and they have a kid. But, I mean, I see what you're saying. It's, you know, both sides. But I really like the the Wonder Woman Batman stuff, so I support that, if that's where they're going with that. Did you see a lot of uh, things taken from the cartoon in this? I mean, I, I feel like they were. At the same time, they could just be, you know, them using the same elements from the comics that they want to use. Yeah, I definitely think they learned something from it. But back to Aquaman. All right, everything about Aquaman makes me angry. Okay, explain, John. Do explain. First of all, he's never been to Atlantis. Then he gets the armor and the trident. We don't even see that happen. So, Aquaman better take place. Like we better see during Justice League and then afterward. That's what we better see. The only way it's gonna work because he's never been there. Mira, you know, they say that in the movie that he's never been there. Mira as Amber Heard has never met him. She's never met him. Like when she talks to him, it's like she's never met him. Like he's never met her. They've never met each other. And he doesn't have any of the stuff. He swims around in his jeans. <laughs> the, he's never even been to Atlantis. Like that's what's suggested. It seems like they're taken from the uh, Jeff Johns series a little bit with the uh, him being a drunk. And but do you think a lot of that those scenes were cut too to show that? They could be, but I mean. I, I don't like Mira either. I don't like Amber Heard as Mira. 
she doesn't seem as strong. Well, that plot was like, rushed. I felt like that whole scene, not plot, but the whole. I'm I'm just talking her the way she carries herself and talks to him. Yeah, it's like she has no confidence, and that's yeah. not what Mira is like. I really like how they allude to her backstory of being taken from another world, because that actually happens. You know, she's not from Atlantis; she's from uh, like a water world. I really like those subtle hints there, but I don't know. She just it didn't give, her her brief performance did not give me any confidence in the character that she would be the comic book Mira that's almost an equivalent of Aquaman in terms of strength and how she carries herself. But then again, Aquaman, he's he's this drunk who doesn't care about anything. Yeah, he was. Uh, he I thought he was going to be a little more depressed going in the movie from the trailers. I thought he'd be. I thought they'd show him like denying Batman. You know, kind of not making really jokes right away, and then maybe becoming more positive once he joins the team. But they full on was just. I don't know. He was just kind of cocky, but he was also kind of uh, you know depressed in a sense too. I I don't know. I, it was. It was conflicting and weird. Yeah, they flipped him. Like, they used the Aquaman that I like from New 52, where he's like, he makes fun of himself, but like owns his abilities. Mm-hmm. But then he's not serious at all. And that's the exact opposite of almost every iteration of Aquaman. Like, even when he's like, you know, depressed and drunk and stuff, he's still confident. Yeah. And how old is Aquaman? Those, those drawings on the wall. How old yeah. is he? Those drawings on the wall looked fresh, though. That, that, is that what they draw? They draw wall, <laughs> wall drawings in that town? I feel like they should have been more dirty. You know what's weird is he knew about... If he's never been to Atlantis before, how did he or, know about the how cubes? How did he know where it was? Yeah. How did he know, how about know the where cubes? it was? How did he know about the suit? Because he says, you know what to give me. Yeah, I know. It's just... it's really That whole scene is really weird. Like, the way she talks to him, it's yeah. like she's never met him and he's never been there before. But then everything adds up to he should have been. So I, I really don't know. But you just think that was a reshoot? Of, it could have been. I, I don't like how they talk in a globe of air either. Yeah. And I know that's been a complaint. Well, and they're supposedly I, I not going to talk it. like that it, in the Aquaman movie. Yeah. Can they talk normal underwater? Yeah, they, they talk fine underwater. It's, it's not a big deal. Hmm. I mean, they live underwater. They're not going to create a globe of air every time. And yeah. plus, Mira can ma- manipulate water, so that makes sense that she can do that, but Atlanta- Atlanteans can't. I thought her powers, though, were kind of cool the way she used it, because she kind of put up a fight. She has some really cool powers in water and near water, because she ma- manipulates it. So, I mean, I like the way she looks, and I like, you know, her powers and everything. I just don't think her voice, or like the actor herself, carries herself or is going to exude that confidence that com- comic book Mira has. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I just can't get over him as Aquaman. I don't see it. I I mean I don't really see it either. But I I do think he brought a charisma, a certain charisma, and I I kind of fell in love with Aquaman during the action and stuff. And I fell I fell in love with Aquaman and and uh, the when the moments when the whole team's together. But that character introduction didn't do him any justice. Yeah, I really need his his own movie to give him a, a proper judgment because I'm not going to say I hate him. I just, I don't like what we got because immediately I can see Ezra Miller as The Flash. Yeah, what do you think of The Flash, Sean? I can see a, he's fantastic. Very, uh, we've talked about this, uh, very cartoon comic book-like. Yeah. But Jason Momoa's Aquaman, I, I can't see it yet. Ben Affleck, I still think, is the best Batman that yeah, we've ever had. 
and because he's good at Batman and he's good at Bruce Wayne, like he's both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman, obviously, and uh, what's his face, Cyborg Man? He's good too. But Cyborg was. Uh, I I can't wait to get Chris Hawk's opinions on Cyborg because Chris Hawk, uh, you know, actually likes Cyborg as a character. Uh, I'm not too big of a Cyborg fan at all, but I thought the guy who played um. I forget his name, but he, the actor, but he, I thought he was one of the better parts of the movie. He did really I think, well. I think the whole character was great. Yeah. And yeah, I know they got rid of like his, they were going to show him pre-tragedy like football and stuff, but I think that was one of the better decisions not to. Yeah. But I, I still wish there was more of a, uh, cause, cause the dad just goes home and he's like, his name's Ray Fisher. He's yeah. He's like, uh, the actor. No. Yeah. That's him. That's the actor's name. Yep, What's Fish. Cyborg's name? Victor Stone. Yeah, because uh, you know the the guys the Jenner's like, oh, I'm sorry, what happened to your son? I thought they were gonna show him walk home and then go into the door and then be surprised or something by his son and then like you can't do that, you know, kind of like a build up type thing. Uh, even though we know he's he's alive, we I thought it would have been a little nice to kind of subtly surprise you in a sense. But instead, you know, he just he's like the next scene, he's home and he's like, Victor, he's talking to him. It's like, uh, OK, I guess it's we're here now. Yeah. And I, I again, that goes to just Russian things right there, because I mean, Cyborg overall is pretty good, but they, they rush him like everybody else. I guess I'll get into it. With my final summary and my grade, my, my, uh, my grade and my final summary will reflect exactly how I felt. All right, so here we go. Second half of the conversation. Like I said before, Chris Hawk and John scheduled his schedule schedules schedules did not work. So we're gonna continue the conversation with Chris Hawk about some other topics on Justice League. Uh, but first, um, I want to get Chris Hawk's opinion on the Flash. That's what I believe I ended with with John. So uh, Chris Hawk, what do you think of the Flash? I definitely it was definitely was unexpected a little bit, even though you see a little bit of what the flash is going to be from the trailers. He was a little bit more awkward than usual. Mm-hmm. Like in the justice league animated series and the comics, he's not that awkward in situations like that. I mean, he's still, he still says dumb jokes. He still tries to make everyone laugh and it, he fails miserably a lot, but this could just be the beginning of the flash and the and the DC EU, the DQ. Um, so I can, I can, I can deal with it. A lot of people bashing on him since like he didn't really fight, you know, the dudes just learned how to use his powers. I can deal with it. Yeah. I, I think that goes back to the whole thing of having more time for him to, uh, for you to get to know that the character and he says it in one scene, he's like, I've never really fought anybody. I just kind of push them and run away. You can, I don't know if you can really, uh, complain about that. I, like you said, he's learning. This is going to come up a lot when I talk about this movie. It's just that there's a lot of cut parts from this movie. About an hour's worth. I think that's going to be... That's the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when they, you remove some of the parts about the Flash's backstory of him saving Iris from like a car crash and stuff like that, you remove some of the character. That's important. Because Iris is a very important part of the Flash backstory. Of the mm-hmm. Barry Allen flash story, flash story, and well, it gives you sort of insight into who he is and who he grew up with. You know, we really 
we I mean we kind of see the impact of his father being in jail, but we really don't see it. It doesn't yeah. really it doesn't it's not that much. You only see it in two scenes. And he never I mean, if, me- he never mentions it ever again. If you're a fan of the TV show, it kind of helps cuz you you already get that backstory. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And like I said with John, I mean, we're like you and I are fans, so it's kind of like we it it like going into the movie, we already understand all the characters, but for the flow and the in the pacing of the movie, it it just you just need those elements there. Yeah, I agree. Uh this movie was very straightforward. <laughs> and also if you're a fan of the show, I, I can understand why people see the this flash and see that he's different or you know it, wish that the backstory was there in a sense so i i I can see that but it's it's two different flashes i mean if you wanted this if you got the same flash i I feel like you would just want the guy from the tv show do you did you like his use of his powers i think this him using the speed force and him uh going flash mode i think it's so much better than any other speedster done in any other uh superhero movie like when Quicksilver in the X-Men movies and Quicksilver in the Avengers movie. I think this was the best use of and showing of a power in a superhero movie. It was just fantastic. It was beautiful to see all the electricity coming off of them. And it was just, it was eye candy through and through. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it is. I think the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies, though, even though those are the best parts of uh, First Class, and my or not First Class, um, Whatever those movies are, the yeah the the I mean uh, you could just release Days X-Men of Future Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. I think those are the best parts of those movies, just because of how fun they are. But I think those are done really well. But this is this kind of I think it gives it more of a uh, scientific feel to it, like how his powers work. I think you're right. Like it showcases how they work and. Uh, yeah, the in Quicksilver in the Age of Ultron, I don't really. You just you know kind of runs fast, and I don't think it was done that well. <laughs> I don't know. I I see what you're saying. I I, I agree. It, the only part that I thought was goofy was when he was running, like he was ice skating towards the at the end, and I was like, why is he running like that? Like that his looks, legs were going outwards. Yeah, and I was like, is he doing it, that on purpose? Because he mentioned like, the ice skating earlier, or is he just? It looked they like tell he was running it. Running in place. Yeah. It just looked, you could, it was noticeable and it just looked bad. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So, the other character that got a big introduction in this was Cyborg. Cyborg's my dude, man. Chris, what do you think of Cyborg? Man, when, um, when they first introduced him, I've heard a lot of bad stuff about Cyborg and like the quick takes for this movie. A lot of people did not like, they thought Cyborg and uh aquaman not aquaman they fought cyborg and the villain were like the weakest parts of this movie and i have to disagree completely on cyborg part um i thought ray fisher the actor who he's from broadway and he did awesome he was fantastic i think he stole the show in my opinion there are some parts that i would have loved to see more backstory a lot with him because he's you know he's Ultimately, like the Dusek Mach- the Dusek Machina, because he knows how to fix the boom boxes. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just part of the story. I get it. You need to have someone tie in to the main villain, but him being very philosophical, philosophical in the beginning about, are you going to tell him about this monster? And he goes, uh, 
they don't know that you're still alive. And he goes, I'm not talking about me. I was like, that might be the, one of the best lines in this dang movie right now. It definitely felt like a Frankenstein-esque Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein yeah, monster situation. And I think it's fitting that he brought Superman back to life also. So it's like threefold. Well, just the whole, the whole, I think that sequence was pretty cool too. How, uh, you know, he, he came up with the, the, or he came up with the idea of how to do it. And he was like, once you drop the, and then the flash was like, maybe I could do it if I generate enough electricity. That, that's like, that's like Justice League stuff, man. That's, I thought that was pretty cool. And them working together was really neat. Him and the Flash. I thought that was a pretty cool uh, buddy thing that, that was going on. I didn't like the line, though, when Flash was... Uh, he said something about his race uh, with, the, with the fist bump or something. I, I thought that was a little weird. But I liked their dynamic together. And I think he was definitely one of the better parts of this movie. Yeah, I definitely think Cyborg it has a good place in the... Uh... Justice League. I just don't know if they're going to give him his own movie. Do you, when she meets, when Diana meets Cyborg, do you think, this is going to sound really weird, but do you think she shows unnecessary cleavage in that shot? Uh, <laughs> it's like I, a deep, it's a super deep V. I was like, what? what? what they, show a lot of, they show a lot of her butt in that scene, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I was talking to John about that. I was like, why is there so much butt? It's uh, Zach, Zach Schneider. It's all about the glutes, man. Zach Schneider's all about sexiness and muscles, I guess. And I, he gets that part of the comic books, I guess. He, he, loves, he must love Jim Lee. Because <laughs> oh. Jim Lee's all about the muscles when he draws. And I'm not a big fan of his art. I know a lot of people love Jim Lee. I, I'm just not a big Jim Lee fan, to be honest. And... I think that's what Zack Snyder sees is the muscles in the comic books. Honestly, I I don't know if he gets the the characters and the. I think I think we've already stated that uh, if you're gonna join a Zack Snyder movie, you better get ripped. <laughs> yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna have all kinds of shots on you: muscles, yeah, yeah. abs, glutes. To to be in a Zack Snyder movie, you've got to deadlift more than he can. You gotta <laughs> you know you gotta power lift more than he can. You just gotta you gotta outbench Zack Snyder. And he's like, all right, all- you're in my movie. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a mover. We mentioned it earlier. It's a shame what happened, why he couldn't finish the movie. Absolutely. But uh, John and I kind of agreed that it could have. It probably was the best thing that happened in the movie because if he would have finished it, who knows what the final product could have been. Like Josh Whedon, I don't know how much of the movie he helped edit and stuff, but and reshot. I feel like Josh Whedon definitely gave it more than what it could have been. You mean he turned it into Avengers two? <laughs> almost right that's what it felt like with the city when they went to the russian city or whatever speaking of the you know the the weird shots on wonder woman and the cleavage and all that what, what's your opinion on the amazon's uh outfits so there was already a big stink about it online how in the wonder woman movie which was fantastic the, the amazons actually wore non-aesthetically pleasing but physically demanding protecting armor that protected the vital organs that protected soft (laughs) spots on the body like the abdomen like the calves like the you know the shoulders and in this one you got these amazons that look like they're wearing armor from victoria's secret and i just i was i was uh i was kind of bummed i was like 50 years of progress after world war ii and you you guys skimped down on armor i just 
I just don't believe it. I don't more believe it. More aerodynamic when they fight. Okay? More aerodynamic when they fight. They, they should have fought naked. Who cares about armor then? Oh, my God. <laughs> if we want to go there. But, uh, I mean, the Amazon scenes, though, on point. They're always, they're always great scenes. Let's, uh, let's go over to... Uh, let's talk about Superman. Let's talk about his big return, and we can talk about him and Batman together, because I feel like they're the two biggest there's a there's a big thing of batman talking about how he doesn't live up to superman in the movie and batman says superman's more human than he is uh, what do you think of uh what do you think of superman i still don't think they should have killed him and batman versus superman i agree they should have waited to this movie i think they should they should have waited a while doomsday now, should have been the first a, enemy of this movie yeah he's a he's a cheat card now just use superman you know he's not gonna die just it would be stupid to kill him again and then try to bring him back. I just the impact isn't there. But when Aquaman said that uh, you lose something when you die, Superman must have lost all his dour, foreboding, you know, busybody depression because he was the best Superman on t- on the big screen that I have seen in a long time. Yeah, he he they definitely. You know, are listening to the fans, the Superman fans, and they're not like he's not going to be this depressed, uh, down in the dump Superman who's just like real gritty. Like you know, he he was more colorful. Suit was more colorful. Suit was more colorful. He actually it felt like he was raised on a farm. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and Man of Steel it doesn't really doesn't really register. I mean, that's a people don't know. Well, people do know, but him being raised on the farm is like. Very, very important to Superman. Yeah, it's a big part of his his uh, his character because it built, it shows the work, the hard work, and it, it's the American way that's in him, I guess. And it's that you know hospitality mentality that Superman has. Like when he when when he joins the fight at the end, the first thing he says is, "How can I help?" Instead of immediately going to punching, you know. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Well, I, I, he he did say. I'm a big fan of justice, and then unleashed a big old justice punch, which was <laughs> legit. That's some um, that's some Justice League animated stuff right there. Yeah, what would you think of his voice though, Henry Cavill's voice? I think his cadence changed, and I think it worked a lot. Like he changed it; was, it's a little bit more nicer. Yeah, and uh, I noticed there was a difference though, because yeah, it, I, I, uh... he sounded more positive. I think that's maybe when he came back and once he was with Lois Lane, I guess maybe he was like, I should be happy I'm alive and I, I guess I should be happy about life maybe or, you know, maybe that was the sense that changed him when he came back. But I know a lot of people, were, there was so much speculation on him going to wear the black suit and be like the doppelganger Superman. Do you still think he could be the doppelganger Superman? No, it's done. We've already seen him fight the, the Justice League, so we we'll probably won't see it again. What did you think of that, that, that fight between him and uh, the Justice League? Superman was the best villain of the entire movie. <laughs> Dude, that, I'm not going to lie, that scene was way better, 10 times better, maybe 30 times better than when Iron Man Hulkbuster fought the Hulk in Avengers 2. No, we're not even, no, 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 no. It was better than the ending of Justice League. That's all you got to say, okay? <laughs> No, I'm going to compare it tomorrow. No, okay? you, you so, can't. It's yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. The you Hulk goes it. mad, and then Iron Man drops in to fight him. It's completely random and out of nowhere. 
you know, I understand the Hulk goes crazy, but apparently, you know, after he's so what says he can uh, control it, at least this, I felt like was more impactful. This has felt more impactful to me. You know, Superman, one of the, the members kind of going bad, even though he wasn't really a member yet. That's just my opinion, though. I thought that was one of the that was one of the shining moments of the movie where I was like, if the rest of the movie could pace it, could have flowed better, this could have been the greatest superhero movie of all time. And that was easily one of the better fight scenes of the better best action, best fight scene in the movie. And then, you know, Batman having the backup plan to bring in the big guns. Lois Lane. I knew it was Lois Lane. I called it. I, I thought that was pretty neat. Speaking of Batman, how'd you feel about Batman in this movie? I feel like John, Josh Whedon got a hold of him, and he made him quippy and more positive, which I didn't want. You think he should have need... stayed the Batman from... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. BVS. He was good in BVS. I needed a Batman to stay like that, because then they're both the same people, Batman and Superman at the end. They're both positive and chipper. We need a Batman that's cynical. Mm-hmm. That's what we need, because he's going to keep everyone on their toes. I guess their their whole keeping him on the toes was the argument with Diana, I, which was fantastic. Also, me and John were uh, mentioning how when Batman and Diana had their talk about the whole leader thing and it slowed down when when they were having a drink, that was one of the best parts of the movie when it slowed down when they had actually gave a scene time. When uh, was that the one when he, she popped his shoulder back in? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a pretty intimate scene. It was pretty great. Kinda, I kind of wanted to see more Superman-Diana scenes. Now, John mentioned he, he likes the Batman-Wonder Woman romance, but he prefers Batman and Catwoman. <laughs> he disagree- I disagreed. Yeah. Do you like the Batman-Wonder Woman romance, especially the- like coming from the Justice League cartoon? Yeah, I loved it in the, in the cartoon, but I don't think it fits in this one because I think Batfleck is past that. I think he's. I think that's the part of his life. He's. It's just not going to happen. And Diana is. I think she's still not over Steve Trevor, so it's just not going to happen. But I mean, I love. I like. I like Superman and Wonder Woman, but that's never going to happen. I don't. I don't really like Superman and Wonder Woman. I mean, I get it because they're both on each other's super totally buff. <laughs> they're both super totally buff, <laughs> and they're both on each other's power level in a sense. So you know, Wonder Woman can be on the level of Superman and. You know, Superman not squisher, killer instantly if he had, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. And maybe that's because I didn't like that series of Justice League in the comics because that's drawn by Jim Lee. Back to Jim Lee. Well, you, you like the perceived romance between Batman and, and Diana in this movie? I like the tease because I was a big fan of the cartoon, the Justice League cartoon where they teased it a lot. So I, I kind of liked it in this. I kind there was a lot of callbacks to the cartoon that I noticed or I thought were callbacks to the cartoon that really intrigued me and I really liked, especially the callback uh, which we'll talk about later from the Superman cartoon with the one of the credit scenes. Maybe we should shift back to the action. Uh, what what do you think? What was one of your favorite action uh, scenes and uh, what do you think of most of the action in this movie? So like the beginning of the scene where Diana has the better intro to the Justice League movie than Batman does. Diana saves a group of people with her armbands from a guy shooting at them with automatic bullets. And I think it's the way it's shot, the way it's performed, how, how it happens, 
might be one of the best action scenes in the superhero movie I've ever seen, hands down. It is when I saw that scene, I was I was literally I got chills. I was freaking out because it was just so good, and I just I couldn't see any Marvel hero doing it, mm-hmm. but I could see Diana doing it easily, and it just it made her look so dang a cool. I want I want Dan- Diana for Justice League president. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on that I'm on that bus full score. I don't care about Superman, Batman, yeah, Aquaman, Cyborg, or Flash. <laughs> Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, or President of Justice League. That's that's what I'm that's put my full ballot behind her. <laughs> Just League to uh Diana Prince 2018 Just League. You got my vote. Uh, got my vote. You got my vote. It's uh, it's already in the ballot. All right. It's already in there. Like I am mailing it now. 2018 2020 she's she's president. We have a delegate from Themyscira here, Diana Prince, and she's running for president of the Themyscira. Justice League. <laughs> Themyscira. <laughs> What is what do you think of when they first saw, fought Stefan Wolf? I didn't I didn't really I thought that scene in the movie that I thought it was all the end. So I didn't think they were gonna fight Stefan Wolf. So it was it was pretty neat. Uh Flash. I think the the whole point of that scene is to show Flash how to be a hero. And I think that's where it really shines because he's he's, he's learning using it. Yeah. yeah, he's learning. And that was a really good because usually in the Avengers movies, you don't get that unless you got Spider-Man. And he's not part of the Avengers yet, so he's not really doing that yet, which we're going to see in Infinity War. But we get to see it with Flash. We get to see him learn. I, I wish they all could have learned more there. I, I did like the big Aquaman save coming in once the water from the harbor came in. I totally called it, though. He was like, "That's it's the Gotham Harbor. I was like, Aquaman. Aquaman's coming in. Aquaman That's, is how did coming Aquaman in. Fi- how did Aquaman find him? He doesn't have that. He doesn't. Can he, he hear? Talks to the water. I think no. he has super hearing. Super hearing. Have you read the the newer comic with Jeff the, from Jeff Johns where he's the drunk and he's like uh, kind of a ruined. Uh, he kind of lives on land in the lighthouse. He's a litterer. Okay, they cut those whiskey bottles. Yeah. in the ocean when he drinks them. Yeah, well that okay. that's a little weird. I, I I thought that was a little weird too that he's throwing he's polluting the water with glass and and uh, you know he's kind of not caring about the ocean he doesn't want to be a king and he's just a dick to the ocean <laughs> i mean what kind of aquaman is this guy he's aqua lame he's, okay he's aqua bro okay <laughs> don't care about the ocean bro get mad games honestly when bro, they with this whiskey. <laughs> when they first fought stefan wolf to me that's when the movie started to pick up in my opinion everything after that you know i was like i was all aboard i was all in, but as in the poster, all in. I was all in. All in. I just that wish they head. had more stuff. Like in that scene, like you're talking about, they should have had more impactfulness of them losing together to build them back to, you know what I mean? To, so they can learn to lose together and then learn to come together and bond more. It just, just should have been more time, in my opinion, to build all that. Yeah, it really didn't feel like they fell. They failed. Um, this movie was rise, 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 and really, there's no dramatic tension in that. It should have been fall, fall, rise, like so many other tropes in uh, in comic book movies and stuff like that. It it flows better that way if they're always continu- continuously failing, and then they get the success at the end, and it's and it's awesome because that's a, that's what you want from a a newly formed team. You just don't want them to be instantly successful. I mean, and they it they did get beaten. But mm-hmm. there is no there is no consequences to them getting beat. 
Yeah. It was just uh money, money damage. You yeah. destroyed you destroyed a, I don't know, whatever it was. It was uninhabitable. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. What the Gotham the old Gotham Harbor building or whatever the heck it was. My only criticism for that part was when I saw the trailer and I saw that it was Steppenwolf and we just saw Wonder Woman, I was like, how is this guy going to be stronger than a god? Because, you know, Diana just killed a god. So she's like our god. I was, re- I, was really, I was really skeptical on how they were going to make Steppenwolf super powerful. And they just, they just said that it took everyone to beat him. So, I mean, I mean how powerful is going to be Darkseid then? He's going to be super powerful. Well, I didn't really get. There was only one tease or one lewd to Darkseid. Do you do you think they're gonna try to Thanos him now with the standalone movies? Like they'll tease Darkseid in the standalone movies at the end credit scenes. Because no, I, WB WB in the DCEU isn't that subtle. They're just gonna put him in a movie. There's no build up to any of their movies. There should have been. <laughs> there should. There should have been. I feel like there should have been a little more tease to him in this movie because there was only one line that was like henceforth they would bring dark side to the, to the world or something along those lines he uh, stefan wolf said and i was like I, okay that's cool but i wish there was a little more build up to you know because stefan wolf works for dark side in the comic yeah, books. yeah 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 there's no lore build up either there's no apocalypse mommy dearest there's no i mean we learn a little bit about the, the boom box the mother box but you know it's not a lot. Yeah. You don't hear any, hardly anything about Darkseid. You're trying to create an extended universe. You're not adding thing. You didn't really add anything to it, except for another villain that, you know, that skipped away at the end of the movie. Like he's mm-hmm. he'll come back from a second for a second fight. Uh, I mean the lore the lore you do build up is the characters, but that but we all know about the characters. What about the lore? Well, not a lot. Not a lot of people. I mean, well, the average we, movie guy yeah, we know doesn't about know the about Darkseid and Apocalypse, Mommy Dearest. The average moviegoer. See, that's that was what I was saying earlier. Is you and I, and you know, John, and you know, everyone who listens to the comic or listens reads comic books and stuff. Yeah, listens to comic books. Audible dot com slash c seven pod slash seven seven pod. We listen trial. <laughs> trial. We we listen to or I said it again. We watch all you know, the cartoons. <laughs> we 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 know all about the the people. We watch the TV shows. So. We, I, I feel like to us, it's not that bad. So, you know, I mean, to not get their, their, uh, origin, you know, what I mean, it's kind of like, uh, oh, well, you know, I, I, I'll power through it. I, I already know who they are. But for the flow of the movie and the storytelling, there, there should have been some extra stuff to explain some of these people, especially Stephen uh, Wolf. Agreed. This movie should have been three hours long and I still would have seen it. I, I, like I was saying earlier, this is the extravaganza. Like, Batman v Superman should have been the two hours. That's the setup. This is the extravaganza. This is the big... This is WrestleMania. Justice League... This should have been the best superhero movie of all time. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying, and it had potential. Because there were so many amazing parts. Like, when they fight Superman, and when, when they first fight Steppenwolf, that could have been the part where they fail, and, and, and you know, they go back to the Batcave, and they're arguing, and then telling you more, giving you more with Aqua Bro. And I just, uh, I, I'm so passionate about Justice League and some of the great moments in this movie that I'm just amazed how they, how they, I don't want to say they failed because this movie is not really, it's not as bad as Batman v Superman or, or as bad as 
uh, Man of Steel. Man of Steel or Suicide Squad. So I, I don't think it's a failure. I just, I'm disappointed that it wasn't better. Behind Wonder Woman, this is the best DCEU movie. And it shouldn't have gotten like a 36 of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it no, be it's, like it's definitely not worth that. Should we double that? We, we, 70. 70 at least. Yeah, the worst yeah. Marvel. This is better than the worst Marvel movie, which is Doctor Strange. This is better than Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. This is better than Thor 2, uh, Iron Man 2, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. This is up there. Like, I would watch this again. I, almost, I would say, like, I wanted to watch the movie again after I got done watching it. And I don't do that to a lot of movies. So I was like, this... This is an experience. This is a Justice League movie we're getting, and this it's it's not bad. Why? What did, what was people's problems with this movie? Comic book movies are supposed to be fun. This movie was absolutely downright fun. Yeah, it was a blast with those with the heroes. I I don't understand. Like you said, I I don't think it's a thirty or forty percent. I think that's just people who don't read comic books, don't know the characters, so they're a little upset they didn't get the full. Uh, explanation of who some of these people are, their backstory. You know, they don't know who Steppenwolf is. They, they. So I understand that. And I, I mean, do and you even know who Steppenwolf is? Only they a little. Tell you. I'll, I'll, they only tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I only know from the comic books that he, he's part of Darkseid's army. He, you know, he helps lead it, or, or along those lines. And I think he might be in a Justice League episode somewhere. You know, other than that, I don't. I don't know much about. I don't know a lot of Stephen Wolf, but I, I, as a comic book fan, I know enough to know who he is and what he's going to do and who he's going to help introduce later down the road as a villain. So back to the action. We kind of went off on a tangent there. Um, I agree, though. It, it should not be a 30% or 40% Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's much higher than that. What do you think? We, we already talked about the fight with Superman. Uh, we both, I think, liked it. What what do you think of the the ending fight? It was okay. It was it wasn't. I mean, it was the CGI extravaganza that you get out of every superhero movie now. Uh, just you just got to roll with the punches. Superman comes in and uh, we really what with his fight against the Justice League and his fight against uh, Steppenwolf. I think people can finally realize that you know Superman is he is the most powerful and he makes all the other Justice League look like little kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like. Superman holds back all the time, just like in Justice League Un- uh, Animated and Justice League Unlimited. He holds back his power. Dude's strong, okay? He's, he's a grown man. He's strong. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it wasn't anything I haven't seen. Yeah, it, it, I was talking to my girlfriend about it earlier, and she goes, why do you keep comparing everything back to Marvel? And I'm like, well, that's the only thing you can compare it to right now because uh, they're both comic books. They're both superheroes. And they both, in my opinion, with this movie, have the same type of villains where they're not really meaningful or impactful, and they just have this big uh, fight at CGI fight at the end, and it, it was almost the same thing that yeah, I saw this, in Thor Ragnarok. This uh, was the worst villain behind uh, Malkith from uh, Thor Two. Terrible. I didn't care about Seven Wolf at all. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say he's the worst. I just. Maybe that's just me trying to be positive with DC. It just, they had so much potential, man. They had, oh my God, they, they just needed more time. What'd you think of the end credit scenes at getting into the, uh, the end or uh, kind of new for the DCEU to have end credit scenes? There was two of them. Uh, let's talk about the first one, the Flash and Superman having a conversation about 
or, or about to have a race. They're gonna they have a which race. is the best. I mean, oh, they do amazing. it in every they do it in every single format of uh, of media. They did it in the Justice League. They did it in uh, Smallville. They did it in Superman uh, cartoon. The Superman 90s cartoon. animated Superman. They do it in the comics all the time, and uh, it's great. It's fantastic. Flash should always win, though. <laughs> it's no yeah. hands down. I thought that was awesome during when they were fighting Superman and he's running aside him to, to distract him and he looks or to, you know, help Aquaman and Diana and, and he looks at him and he's like, and you can see it on the Flash's face. I thought that's one of the better scenes when they zoomed in on Ezra Miller's face because the other ones, like you said, was a little awkward. But I thought that was one of the best ones when they zoomed in on his face and he's like, what? This guy can, can see me? Yeah, that was one of the best uh, spit takes of Urza thinking he was untouchable and finally realizing how OP a Kryptonian is. Yeah, that was awesome. Fantastic. Uh, and when the, the callbacks, amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I, Superman, I, Superman Racing Flash, amazing. Loved it. The, uh, this is the Superman I wanted. Yeah. I've been clamoring for the Superman all the time. This is the Superman right here. This is the happy-go-lucky Superman we need. Mm-hmm. This, this is it. I agree. This this Man of Steel Superman wouldn't race Flash. He'd be like, "Beat it, kid! You're dumb." Yeah, he'd be like, this, "I'm gonna this... go in the house and drink a beer." No, no, not even that. <laughs> I'm gonna go cut down some trees. I'm gonna go in an oil rig. I'm gonna do some manly stuff. Yeah, be sad. I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna grow a beard. Yeah, read Ernest Hemingway. I'm gonna go Find wrestle ice... polar bears. I'm gonna drown a bathtub with my wife. I'm gonna fight Come giant spiders. Giant giant spiders. <laughs> play some WoW. That... You know, I'm depressing. Ugh, get out of here and play some WoW. Yeah, yeah, your kid. No, this is this is it. This is this is right. The like the best thing that Justice League did was make Superman nice. This is this is the Superman you need. Did we talk about CGI? It's all right. It doesn't it doesn't bother me. That's all I had to say about CGI. There were some noticeable things though. Like like I said, when you zoom in on their faces, like the close ups, I think it was noticeable. And in a couple scenes, the mustache was uh, you can definitely tell they CGI'd over his mustache. Especially in the very opening scene, when the, the kids were the, talking to him, that was that very noticeable. Might, well, that was one of the best scenes in the movie too, right there. You think so? I loved it. You think that should have been towards the end, or did you like it right there? I think they had to they had to prepare you for his reincarnation, so they had to put it at the beginning. Yeah, I, I, f- and I bet you he's thinking about Lois too, probably. Yeah, when you you know when I was watching it and I thought about it, I, I even though it. it I wish I could have seen that Superman more in the movie. I guess it sets up the new, you know, hopeful and this is the new fi- this is the new 52 DCEU, okay? <laughs> this is this is it. They uh, reboot. It's fantastic. This is the Superman we need. Tone down Batman a little bit, make him a little bit more dour, give him the su- give him the depression that Superman had, you know. Yeah. The law the law of confirmation of uh of depression. It's got to go somewhere. Give him back <laughs> to Batman, okay? Give it back to give it back to Batman a little bit, make him a little bit more moody. That's when he does his best work. That's when he does his best de- de- detective work. That's when uh, Superman tries him to lighten up all the time, and it doesn't work. But you know, that's when they have their best interactions. Superman is the happy-go-lucky, super ultra-positive guy. Batman's got to bring him back down to earth with yeah. uh, real realism. You know, exactly. happy, happy. That's the idealism versus uh, realism, and that's why the world's strongest, the world's greatest. That's why they work together so well. They they they're yin and yang, but at the end of Spock Justice League, you have them. Yeah, you have them both yin yin in, 
There's no yangs. Yeah. So you, you, you need a yang. <laughs> you need a yang, and, and you need to stop yinning so much. Yeah, stop yinning, more yanging, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Balance it out. Okay, um, <laughs> what... <laughs> What would you think of the second end and uh, credit scene with with the tell, yacht and uh, you know? Tell me how much. Tell me how much John Kenoki loves Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg. Lex he Luthor. doesn't. He doesn't much. love <laughs> Lex Luthor, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor at all. <laughs> because uh, if he was here, I would be like, "Hey, John, how was your uh, favorite character, Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg?" <laughs> at the end of that second credit, second credit scene, and how much did you love that scene? I'll tell you because what. I I love that suit. I love him in that suit. <laughs> I loved him bald. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I like Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor. And <laughs> I, I know don't you care do. Who's... You liked him in Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though here, he's more, uh, I think it fits now, but I don't know. It, it, it was cool. I told you. New 52. Everyone's different now. <laughs> Everyone's different. <laughs> and they rebooted the franchise while it was still going because on. Because of the and Speed Force. Because the, the C's speed force messed everything up. Yeah. Oh, I, I like the I like this uh, end credit scene. I thought it was cool to see Deathstroke. Everything was practical on him. That was pretty dope. And I do you agree with you. And you, you got to have the brains and you got to have the muscle. That's a great start to the Legion of Doom. You you can't. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you just need you just need Gorilla Grodd, who was who was briefly mentioned in this movie. Then you you got to do Chitara, and then you got to do Manta Ray. And then you got to do Toy. Toy! Toy! And Poison Ivy. Isn't Poison Ivy part of it? No. It's uh, Catwo- Catwoman. I think yeah, she might be in some episodes of Super Friends, I think. She's. Is, I, a bat- is it Scarecrow? Or is it the yeah, bat- Scarecrow, is it Scarecrow's on there. Solomon Grundy's on there. Because, you know. Solomon Grundy! <laughs> Cajun Solomon Grundy says Cajun. secret monolith underground. Secret monolith gives Solomon Grundy his powers. Because Chitara became Wonder Woman. Grundy became... I don't think... Gr- well, Le- Grundy did Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor became Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, Hal Jordan, get out. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best episodes of that show. That is, that is the best Isn't episode. Isn't that based off of a comic book series, though, where the heroes die or something? Because that's when what... the villains... Yeah. Well, they did it in Marvel. Did that with Axis, where the heroes become villains and villains uh, become antiheroes, type of thing. I think one of the Super Friends episodes, there's like a two-parter where they go to the future and like uh, all the heroes died or something. It, it, it's actually a really cool episode for a campy cartoon like Super Friends. But I think I really think that this is a step in the right direction. Uh, they're laying the groundwork. For the Legion of Doom, mm-hmm. fantastic. Jesse Eisberg seemed a little toned down. Wonderful. And you have Deathstroke, fan fave, fan fave, getting yeah. his own movie. He doesn't deserve it, but he's getting his own movie. <laughs> yeah. And fan fave. Uh, did you expect uh, Mando Bennett from uh, Arrow pop off I, that mask? I wish because he's that awesome. Been... He's an oh, awesome man. His, Deathstroke. His his voice, yeah, is uh, iconic. The best villain in any uh, TV series. superhero. T- yeah. Oh my goodness. Fantastic. That's the best Man, season just, of Arrow is season two because of him. There's only there's only season two of Arrow. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, I like season one real a, a lot. Because it goes Arrows season one and two and then Felicity Burst. And then <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Great great ends great end credit scenes. 
they and like I didn't like Very Thor positive. Ragnarok end credit scene. No, I it, haven't liked many of the end credit scenes of the Marvel MCU lately, and I think the Flash versus Superman race, fantastic Easter egg, fantastic. Oh yeah, most. And definitely. then the and then the start of the Legion of Doom, great start. Uh, Best uh, be awesome. end credit scenes this year, easily hand down, hands down. You you seen you noticed a lot of the tease about Ben Affleck leaving, or not? yeah, it's gonna happen. He's done. He's gonna he's gonna put it up after the Batman. Would, do you think they'll find another Batman? Maybe do like a Batman Beyond in the Justice League because that would be dope. No, it's gonna go. Nightwing's gonna be Batman. They're gonna do the Nightwing <sighs> movie and the, and they're gonna turn Nightwing into Batman. Ugh. That'd be the, that'd Anoki be your be best happy. bet. Nick Anoki would be happy. I don't but know there's I rumors they want they want Jake Gilly, my boy Jake Gilly, uh, to uh, to could, be uh, Batman. He kind of looks. He could probably oh, he could, look like him. He's not as tall, but he's he could uh, he could bulk up. He could be Batman and, uh, Beyond. No nah, man, Terry no, McGinnis ba- is a kid, man. Batman Terry McGinnis Beyond. is a kid. T- Terry McGinnis is a kid. Hey, change it, New Fifty Two DCEU, bro. Get it? Who cares now? New Fifty Two. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want. Exactly. It's whatever you want. Exactly. It's uh, it's whatever you want. All right, here we go. Grades. As usual, we'll have Chris Ott go last with the similarity Rubicon, as in tradition. Uh, John, do you want to start us off with your grade? Yeah, so um, just my grade's kind of uh, encompassing uh, the, the positives that we get, the team aspects and uh, the characters, and then the negatives uh, we discussed at length, the, the length of the movie, actually, and the pacing. Just a bit off. They kind of bring it down. Overall, though, I think it was a very good experience. Uh, it's definitely not time-consuming, so everyone should go see it to give it their own opinion because you're not wasting that much time. I mean, you can see a lot worse movies exactly. for a lot longer time period, so you might as well give it a shot. Overall, though, I think, I think it's fair to give it a 7 out of 10. I don't see it being better than 7, and I honestly was like on the fence of a 6 before, but I think, I think a 7 is fair. So... John gave it a uh, 7 out of 10. I'm going to do my final summary and grade, and then uh, Chris Hawk will go next. I thought this movie had potential, as I said throughout the whole episode, that this could have been the best superhero movie of all time. The moments are there. I loved a lot of it. Uh, I loved them fighting Superman. I loved everything after they, after, or once they fight Steppenwolf for the first time. I love everything afterwards. There are just moments where I wish there was more, and I wish that scenes were complete, and all the stuff they took out of the trailer, they could have left in, honestly. I, I didn't think this movie is as bad as some people were saying. I think a lot of that is people who don't understand or know DC Comics or understand a lot of these characters. Or, and I understand people who watch the TV shows, you know, who... who might not be fans of the comic books or grew up with superheroes and they go, they venture into these shows. So they're like, oh, that's not the Flash from the TV show. Well, there's a lot of different incarnations of these superheroes throughout the comic books. And one thing I will say, um, I, I do agree with you, Hawk. I do think this is a change in the right direction, how they're going. I do want that loner Batman still, who's like, I, I don't really trust you. 
Um, I, I think he got a sense of that, though, at the in the end fight when he wants to take out the shield by himself, and then they're like, nah, let's go help him. Uh, I, I think... I Just more time, man. Just They just needed more time is, is, is what they needed. And Zack Snyder, look... I, like like we said, I think he's just all about the big muscly, he, he you know, superheroes with all the abs and the Jim Lee drawn superheroes. I don't I don't really think he gets the characters. You know, he, he trying he's trying to do too much innovation with these movies where it should just be fun. I'm just disappointed. I'm not I'm not gonna say it's a failure or it's a bad movie because I don't think it's a bad movie at all. There's a lot of good parts to me. And probably on the rewatch at home, this might be one of the better rewatches, maybe. Because I, I do want to watch it again really bad. So I'm going to give this movie a 7.5 out of 10. Chris Hawk, what is your final summary and similarity Rubicon? So, this movie was awesome. This I was so nervous for the Justice League movie when it was getting terrible reviews. Because not only does it change your expectations, it can actually form your mindset when you go into a movie. So I had pretty low expectations oh, going yeah. into this movie, I, I and I was, blown away. I, I was blown away. <laughs> blown away. Okay. Blown away. <laughs> Are you more positive on it than me and John, you'd say? I'm probably about the same. Okay. Um, I, I liked this iteration of the Justice League on the screen. Did it meet my expectations? It, no. Did it equal them? Probably. Was it the Justice League I wanted to see? No. Was it the Justice League that we got that was good? Yes. Just wasn't the best. And you know what? Maybe Justice League 2 will be, will be much better. This movie, movie would have benefited from another 30 minutes to an hour. Hands down. The director's cut, I want to see it. Take it off that floor. Get it out of Zack Snyder's hands. Put it in the movie. Make this movie a 10 out of 10. That's what we need, y'all. That's what we need. Zack Snyder, where's that cut? Where's that D cut at? We want the we want the di- director's cut, Josh Whedon. Get out of here! I don't want your I don't want your quips. I want I want Zack Snyder's cuts. We want yeah, we want the cuts, brah. We want the cuts. So Superman, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg were the highlights of this movie for me. The Flash is good. Um, they I think he would have to tone it down a little bit, become full of him, become fully confident in himself, and he'll be probably a fan favorite for the next Justice League. I guarantee it. Fan favorite next movie. His, his movie that's coming out, it's going to be a fan favorite. I feel like the weakest parts of this movie are, again, the, the introductions to the characters. They don't really give you a lot, and they join the, they join the group very, very fast. The, they don't give a lot of time to build these characters up, and while Marvel has tons of movies to do so, it works for them. It didn't work for Justice League. And honestly, it's not that big of a negative, but I want to love these characters. I'm not going to love these characters if they, if they don't get enough screen time. If they don't have the right uh, emotional beats to them, I'm just not going to care about them. I did not care one bit for Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf was a terrible villain. I felt I was watching a Marvel movie for a second. This needs to stop with, these, with the villains. Villains mm-hmm. are... DC has some, the, has some of the best villains ever. I'm talking iconic villains that when you go to other countries, they know. Oh, you know Superman? Then you must know his rival, Lex Luthor. Iconic. Legendary. These villains stand the test of time. Now, Chris Hawk. Yeah. I always build you up as the Marvel guy 
and I've said it in this episode, and I've said that John is our DC guy. Would you say that DC has more iconic villains than Marvel? Absolutely. I, there's no hesitation because they've also they have some of the stories are just it's just they need to write better villains. You have the best villains. Make them the best villains. That that's these superheroes are only as good as the villain. To see how good someone truly is, there needs to be an opposite evil, the opposite on the spectrum, the one who shows you how truly good a force is. You need that evil. Now, if it, if he's just evil for the sake of being evil, then it's not that interesting. And that's why Steppenwolf failed. I don't care that he's going to destroy the world. The Justice League is going to save it. We know this. Nothing's going to destroy the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. You got the Justice League. There's no, there's no tension there. That's why. What if he did kind of destroy the world? New 52. I would have loved yeah. it. <laughs> and then the Flash has to go back and reset it. That's going to be, be the Flash movie. Flash movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then Justice League 2 is the refight. You know what? Against Stephen Wolf. You know what? I would have I applauded them. Because that takes cojones. Okay? <laughs> cojones. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for Infinity War. Cajones. It would have been like the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Whatever. That movie's terrible. I'm oh, ki- what? I'm kidding. It's my least it's my least favorite. Of the Is it really? Of the OG, of the OG trilogy. It's my, oh. it's my least favorite. It's the least rewatchable for me. And I don't know if that's because of the twist. The ending isn't good. If you know there's no third movie, it's mm-hmm. a huge cliffhanger. The movie yeah. should the movie should stand on its own. It should Well, that's what's good about New Hope is New Hope is basically its own movie. And it's that's why it's the most popular. So I just this movie, Everyone has their favorite Star Wars. Everyone movie. has their favorite Star Wars. It, this movie could have been so good. And it, you know what? It was good. It was definitely enjoyable. This is a DCU that's in the step of the right direction. This is a Superman that we need to see. I've already said it a million times, but I'll say it again. This is, that's my Superman. You know how people say, that's not my president. That's my president. This is my Superman. This your is my boy super- was there. My boy. That's my boy. He's your boy. He's my boy. He's your boy. <laughs> is that your boy? Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's your boy. <laughs> that's my your boy, okay? Um, so Lord of the Rings is one of the movies I'm comparing it to. In the beginning of this movie, they show you the montage of how they defeat Steppenwolf, and I got a real Lord of the Rings vibe. When they show all the races of mankind, the elves, the dwarves, the humans, uniting to fight Sauron, defeating him, I got a real Lord of the Rings vibe. It's just a, it's a great parallel between the two. People John you, would love that comparison. He, uh, clans uniting to defeat a common evil, common travesty. Wonderful. And then you have the people uniting, you know, and then they, they each take a box, they each take a ring. You know, you, get, you have those parallels there. It, it did feel a little like at the beginning that it was in, what, I don't even, I'm so bad at, why, uh, whatever, Mordor. Is that, is that the world they live in? Mordor? I forget the, I think. John would know. John would know. John, yeah, John would know. John's the Lord of the Rings guy. Yeah. I think Mordor, it might be Mordor. Or is Mordor? No, called, Mount Doom is where they throw in. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna call it the Rings Place. <laughs> but the um, Land of the Rings, Land of the Rings, that that place, <laughs> the one true ring. Lord of the, the Rings fans are like those freaking idiots. <laughs> but you have you have those similarities, and they're there. You have you have the the evil Steppenwolf Sauron. You have the clans uniting. You have the Amazons. So 
the uh, Atlanteans, you have the gods, the old gods, and then you have the Green Lanterns, which was a great cameo, by the way. Oh, that was the awesome. Green Lantern cameos? You got to tell me that was, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh. So you have that. That, I, 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 that, was, that was like a big Lord of the Rings feel to me, and I love those movies. They're great movies, and they got a great big feel to them, big budget feel. They got yeah. very clean. This, we, that, we got it. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Okay, Iron Man 2, Avengers 2. Because of all the quips that was flying around in this movie, I I didn't really want Batman to be doing quips. I think he said one. I think he said two too many. Uh, do you talk to fish jokes? I didn't need that. I didn't need it at all from Batman. Yeah. Uh, too many quips from Batman. I don't. My Batman doesn't need quips. And when he does quip, it's because someone asks him a question and then he answers with really really smart comebacks. That's that's the Batman. That's the Batman. Yeah. I, we don't need quippy Batman, okay? That's what it kind of felt like. It, when Josh Whedon took it over, this was my concern. And I don't know if that was him, but I have a feeling it was. This would, the movie I'm comparing it to, Iron Man 2, Iron Man and Avengers 2, uh, it would be one of the other negatives, the quippiness. That was one of the things that turned me off about Avengers 2, and that was kind of what turned me off in Justice League. And for the last, uh, Similarity. It's, of course, we mentioned this a million times, but Justice League Unlimited, uh, animated, the Unlimited, and the, the regular season. When I think of the Justice League, I think of this show. This is the epitome of Justice League to me. I don't read a lot of the Justice League comics because there's too many of them. Where do you start? It's just true that. Yeah, I like Justice Society of America better anyway, comic wise. I, I think you got me that for uh, Christmas or something one Fantastic year. heroes because they're so different. But just yeah. like just as like animated, it's one of the best DC animated shows on television. Was the best animated on television, and it just it stands the test of time. It has so much. I still yeah, watch it's, it. It's phenomenal. So much character growth. It has the epitome of the best Superman and Batman, Wonder Woman. It has the best seven: Martian Manhunter, Hawkman, uh, Green Lantern, um, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. It has the best, the absolute best uh, reincarn uh, incarnation of them. It has the best. And that's, you know what? Yes. A little bit in some, in some scenes. And uh, I, that's why this movie was so enjoyable to me, because it's the characters I love on the screen. And those are the three movies I picked for the Similarity Rubicon. Awesome. So... We'll uh, go over our grades real quick. John said he gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Chris Salt compared Justice League to uh, Lord of the Rings, Justice League, the animated series, and Justice League Unlimited, the animated series. And he compared it to uh, Iron Man 2 and Thor 2 and Avengers 2. All just all of them. All the twos. All the twos. I, like this. I like this movie a lot. I did. Yeah, I don't think it's nearly as bad as uh, what people were saying. I'm just, I really you don't. Might, you might. I'm only picking one superhero movie for my top 10 list. It's going to be a big battle. Oh, yeah. I don't really know if I have any in my top 10 list. Really? Right there might be some on my honorable mentions. I mean, we only get three, so you'll have to Those find out. Those honorable mentions are scrubs. Uh, Damn, make that top yeah. 10. Hey, that's, that's hard to cho <laughs> choose from, though. That top 10, like... It, I have it all organized right now, but once, once like, it's the end of the year, like, 
finally, I, I re go through all the movies I've seen and my grades don't really, it doesn't even really matter about grades at that point. It's about if I uh, really enjoyed that movie because my grades, you know, are about, you know, the film, filmmaking and storytelling, all that goes into it. But once I like actually break down my list, it's if it entertains me, if it's rewatchable and all that jazz. So it's going to be a real answer. This is going to be a real interesting uh, top 10. I feel like this year when we do final countdown, it'll be the best top 10 out of top 10s. This is going to be the best one. (laughs) It's going to be the best one. We only did one other final countdown, but this might be the best. I'm telling you right now. I think I already have it set for my one, two movies of the year. And I haven't even seen star Wars yet. It's it's, they were, they were that good. And I don't, I don't think star Wars is going to beat them. I just don't think so, man. We'll see. We'll see. My expect, I'm trying to keep my expectations, you know, my my uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi expectations go up and down all the time. It's like hut, hut, hut. I'm <laughs> so like I'm uh, like uh, I don't I'm, know, and then I'm like I'm like I'm so excited for Star Wars, <laughs> and then you know I'm and then you know I get to the point where I'm like I'm just gonna go into it. I, be, I bet you're it, happy that uh, Mark Hamill himself uh, c- confirmed that Luke doesn't go to the dark side in this movie. I'm pretty sure you were I, happy. I am. Yeah, I am glad he did that, but I had a sense he wasn't gonna go to the dark side anyway because. I, I think it's all metaphorical why he wears the dark clothes because it, it's the same when he wears the dark clothes in Return of the Jedi. Well, he's not going to wear... Which we'll talk about gonna, when we yeah. do our... Re- yeah, he's he's not going to wear white after Labor Day. Mark Hamill is a man of fashion, all right? Luke Luke is a man of fashion. <laughs> yeah. Under, underneath well, his black he, shirt... Well, you know, you know about Underneath the, his black shirt, what is it? It's a white shirt, baby. You know what that white shirt means? <laughs> light side. <laughs> it's He's got the light side inside yeah. of him. He... he He's not going to turn. It's it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll theor we'll, we can theorize more about it when we talk about Return of the Jedi. I think that would be a really fun. Oh episode. man, that is my favorite Star Wars movie. It's going to be great. It's going to be good to talk about that and then talk about where Luke is specifically, where that ends, and all that jazz. Because I I don't know. It's going to be fun. We're gonna talk about how Luke awesome. uses the dark side to beat his dad. That's all we're going to talk about. The best. <laughs> the best. Yeah. So that was our take on Justice League. Uh, we finally got to see it. We we took a break for a week. Uh, it wasn't that long of a break, but we're back after a hiatus, and we're gonna we're gonna be pumping out some episodes next week for sure with uh, Stranger Things two and with uh, take two of the Matrix trilogy and Punisher. Uh, have you watched any of Punisher yet, Hawk? No. Is it good? I like it. I like it. How, I dig it. How? How violent is it? Um, I want to say it's too, it's not bad. I mean, there's some no, no, violent no, 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 scenes. No, no, I want you to say, is it too violent? Not not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, is it violent enough to be Punisher? Yes. Good. That's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people yeah. that are complaining about how violent it is, <sighs> and I'm and I'm like, <laughs> have you read a Punisher comic? Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> I wasn't going to watch it if it wasn't too violent. How about that? That's like the Marvel Now uh, Punisher that I've been reading. Like the first episode, like the first ish episode, the first issue, uh, he comes out from the water and blows this guy's fingers off with a shotgun. And I'm like, amazing. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Like, oh, oh, that guy's not going to be selling drugs anymore. There's so, also the uh, Marvel Runaways show on Hulu that we should ch- probably check out. Yes, we should. I, I'm, I'm really getting into Hulu right now. Hulu's like my my ish right now. Get into that Hulu. Hey, is uh <laughs> is the Matrix movies on that shit? No, 
No. Hmm. I'm sure you own them though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just easier to not have to take the disc out. Put the we disc lazy. In. We yeah. lazy Americans. We don't. Why would I have to get up if it's on my fingertips? <laughs> so you can look up Cinema Seven on Twitter at Cinema Seven underscore Podcast. You can uh, look us up on Facebook at Cinema Seven. How we spell seven is uh, the number seven E V E N. Just in case you can't find us in the search. So if you're if you're looking for us on uh, iTunes or the Apple Podcast app or Google Play, type in cinema, the word cinema, the number seven, and we're probably like one of the first things that shows up. Uh, check us out on Instagram as well. Uh, we post a lot of stuff on there re- and repost a lot of cool things. We're, we're sharing all the entertainment, football, wrestling, movies, TV show stuff, it's behind the scenes. We, we share it all on there. It, it's a fun place to interact as well. Um, like I said, we're on Google Play, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, we're on all that jazz. So you can look us up wherever you like listening to podcasts most. Uh, if you if you want to support the podcast, look us up on Patreon. Uh, you know, as John would say, just like uh, Mario, just like Mario's mom, Chris Hawk, John Kenoki. And uh, you can be like one of those guys and support the podcast because, you know, that's pretty much us and my mom. So... uh yeah so help support the podcast man and like i said our goal is to make friends our goal is to help the help uh, create a community and help get uh everyone's opinions out there because that just makes this podcast more fun for everybody involved uh especially when we have more guests and stuff like that also go to audibletrial.com slash c7 pod that is c7 pod audibletrial.com if you go there you will you can sign up for a free trial of audible if you don't know what audible is it's uh, audio dramas audio versions of books it's uh, really cool i know uh john and chris hawk are really big in the reading and they love all kinds of books and wheel of time and uh what's, what's some other books you guys love i just read a book called the memory man by uh, david balducci and it's about a retired or gracefully exited police uh, detective who has a memory that he cannot forget anything, and he uses it to solve crimes. It's fantastic. It's like hyperthinesis, synesis. That's I forget what it's called, where you can't forget anything, but uh, it's pretty. It was pretty great. It was a very thrilling read, and I've already read the second book, and I'm just on the wait list for the third. There you go. Hey, you can probably look the, up the audio versions on uh, audible.com. And I know for me, I'm not a big reader and listening to the, the audio versions of, of books are like a gateway into reading for me in a sense. It's it's getting me into more books. I've been listening to the Martian Chronicles on uh, Audible, and I think that's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. You should read that new uh, Star Wars book, Mario, called uh, A Certain Point of View. Oh, um, I've been reading the Foundation Trilogy by uh, Isaac Asinoff. Ooh. I'm a real big fan of the iRobot book with all the short stories and stuff by him, so I'm checking out this trilogy uh, audio drama-wise. Uh, they got the, st- the original Star Wars dramatization on there, and that's really cool because you get a Leia backstory that you don't get in the movies, and you get a sense of what it's like with her and her dad hiding 
from the empire, hiding the rebellion from the empire. And that's really, really cool. And you also get a sense of Luke and his friends when you listen to it. If you're a big Star Wars fan, definitely check that out. And, you know, I, I'm still listening to Alien Out of the Shadows. Uh, it's not that bad. It's right after the first movie. And somehow I think she's going to get back in the pod and it's going to lead to the second movie. But that's pretty interesting. Uh, so ch- definitely check that out. And like you said, it's a free, it's a 30-day free trial of Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash C7Pod. You get a free audio book with your free trial. It's awesome. Uh, but we're Cinema 7. Uh, we don't want to hold you up any longer. So Chris Hawk, take it away. So uh, at Cinema 7, we want to thank you always for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. Thank you.